Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. Welcome to Odpem Sua Squewa Kitsigisagok Metis in Space. Chelsea Valnitsigason. Molly Swainitsigason. And me, Jake. <laughs> He's chomping on his bannock over there. Missed his cue. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, we have we have uh, Molly's like little brother here. Yeah. Kissy Miss. So this bannock is really good. Yeah, it's really yeah, it is really yeah, good. I just whipped up a batch of like last minute soaking up this awful wine bannock. Yeah, it was yeah. that was really necessary. Yeah, uh, really also, was. um uh for both myself and Jake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Mantusakainitotsen. If wow. you yeah, if you include in already, this is your very first episode. There you go. If you don't know where we're from, now you do. Now you do. If you just love Disney so much. Oh man, we really have to like cleanse our palate with a better one after this, I think. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. This was this this took we need to have a mediocre white guy in this movie so for so that it can be relatable to mediocre white guy audiences to a whole go. new level. Right, right, because right. we we left out the Muniao, right? There's yep. no Ask a Muniao anymore and I I feel like we've been alienating our white male listeners. And so this episode's for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Literally so mediocre. Like, like, <laughs> almost unspeakably mediocre. Uh, anyway, I guess, um, yeah. Well, let's discuss the let's wine. Let's discuss the this, wine, because oh, if there's one thing that's oh. not mediocre in its presentation, it is this wine. Right, so this wine is a bit deceptive. Um, I, I bought it because... <laughs> Because it's it's called the Goat Father. I mean, how can you pass that up? And if you see, we tweeted a picture of it, but it's got a picture of like this like very stately goat looking a little like uh, I don't (laughs) know, mischievous, right? And uh, and he's the Goat Father, yo, and he's looking at you and he's like, drink my wine, you know? And how can you refuse? Drink my wine and ask me for one favor on this day of my daughter Goat's wedding. Exactly. Have you even seen The Godfather and you know that? I have seen the first one, yeah. Oh, you have. Then I I got too sad. I was like, Michael, you're losing your soul, Michael. I can't go on. Right, right. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to read what this says and then I'm going to tell you what it was really like. Okay. Uh, With the rise to prominence of the Goat's Jerome family, challengers to their position have emerged on many fronts. Don (laughs) Goaty... In true Sicilian tradition, fiercely protects the herd, their loyal customers, and the winemaking secrets of the family. While few in the family know the final blend, the goat father always includes a a selection of Italian varieties, maintaining their omerta over quality and consistency through the family of wines. The goats will roam. Capiche? <laughs> somebody actually wrote that. The goats <laughs> they, will roam. Capiche? Yeah. Somebody, somebody's taking this to the next level. They wow. were like, it isn't just enough that we have this beautiful artwork of this very wise-looking goat. No, we have to take it Lobster to the next goats. level. 
Okay, I gotta say, worst wine we've drank so far. By, by far. Right? Very vinegary aftertaste. This is this is what I would drink when I first started university and hadn't figured out how to apply for loans yet. Oh my gosh. Bad. This is this is depth level bad. Oh yeah, I've had better wine from depths than this. Yeah, and much more expensive. Yeah, it's basic. It's like if you took grape juice and then let it turn part way to vinegar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess is basically what wine is, but this tastes like it. And yet we're still drinking it. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. 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 I don't really remember the taste of the wine because now I'm drinking this delicious... The Kool-Aid shit. Kool-Aid made by Tomas. Right. Yeah. Well... It's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's the drink of a, a grown man-child. <laughs> no offense to him or you, but... Like, <laughs> I take no offense to that. All right. So today we watched uh, the Disney Atlantis, The Lost Empire. We're in a young adventurer named Milo Thatch joins an intrepid group of explorers to find the mysterious lost continent of Atlantis. And find it, they do. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> yes. So it opens with a quote from one of the great philosophers of this or any age. She says completely monotonously because she doesn't believe it. Plato! Yeah. <laughs> I, I just have written, fuck Plato. I didn't write down the quote. I, just I didn't write that. it down either. I was just like, right, Plato, whatever. Plato Generic Plato quote about Atlantis. Plato, Plato. If yeah. you can quote Plato, then you're awesome. <clears throat> Probably you're a douche. Yeah. Like, unless you're a philosophy major... And even then. Even then. Even then. If you're a philosophy major. If you're a philosophy major, let's just... Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. I Whatever. I, I kind of... I feel a little bit nope. in here for philosophy majors. No, no. Because, nope. like, I also did a quote-unquote useless degree. So I kind of, like, I feel that. I feel that. I mean, my, my favorite Plato quote is, fun to play with, not to eat. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. So we start with uh, a pretty actiony sequence. So we've got like yeah, these wow. alien-looking ships that are, you know, dashing over the ocean. Uh, they they're speaking some sort of like weird language we don't understand. They seem to be humans. There's this huge wave coming uh, behind them. They're riding in space dolphins. They're zooming towards Atlantis. There's this alarm. Everybody's like white-haired with these neon blue face tattoo things, which are badass. Yeah, and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, we got to warn Atlantis, and you know, this the the wave is coming. The wave is coming, and then there's this light in the in, in the sky, and there's this cute little girl and her mom, and the mom ascends into the sky into the light. It looks like she's attack? getting abducted by aliens. Right? Is this yeah. an attack or, or 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 like an alien abduction? Exactly. And then a shield goes over what we assume to be Atlantis, and it sinks into the ocean. Cut to glyphs that turn into the English title, Atlantis, the mm. Lost Empire. Yeah, it was intense. And it then was. it then it turns to the unbelievably boring 1914 Washington nerd Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, man. Right. Yeah. As soon as I heard his dulcet tones, I felt a you little knew. bit relaxed and, and, and comforted. There because, was something like deep inside you that instantly yeah. knew. I think we, we all, you know, we just all need a little Michael J. Fox in our lives. Like he's just yes. got that voice of like, you know, the guy who, although, although, have you seen him? In uh, 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 that awful suits, he's is it in no. suits? He's this awful lawyer in there. He plays a really good bad guy. Does he? Mm. Yeah, he has, he has the voice of somebody who never quite made it through puberty. I no, I know he's like so yeah. super innocent, but like, but he can play a really good bad guy. I was really impressed by yeah. that. Sometimes that's kind of what it takes, you know. Yeah, like he's not just Marty McFly. No, because you, know? you see and him as like never innocent quite and that. baby faced and yeah, yeah no, yeah, it was it was great. And he totally the thing the thing that he does is uh, so he's you know he's he's what what disease does he have? 
it Parkinson's? Parkinson's, Parkinson's yeah. right? So, but in, in his character has some some other neurological disorder, and he really plays it up in court, like for sympathy. But he's like really like like cynical about it and everything. It's great. He's such a jerk. You don't want to hate him, but you do. And he, uh, yeah, it's great. But he's not like that. He's no. No. In here, no. No. And he's just mediocre white guy. He's like deeply, he's like the beta male to the max. Uh, it's just, you know, the no. guy that like you you are supposed to sympathize with because he's just that pathetic. But you don't because he's so pathetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, uh, he's doing sort of a a prep for a presentation to get funding. So he's, he's talking, he's on the chalkboard and everything. Um, he's talking about Atlantis, how it's a power source, and this journal, this shepherd's journal he needs to find it. And how he, he realizes that these runes were mistranslated. It didn't say Ireland. It, it said, said Iceland. It was one letter difference in these runes. Right. It's like, I don't think you know how runes work. You're a linguist. Yeah. That's not how, that's literally not how Nordic runes work, probably. If, if you are a linguist, don't watch this because you will probably like... Tear your own hair. Yeah. Or, or like shove your head through a window because it's just so <laughs> not how it works. So he's he's in the cartography and linguistics department, two of the most colonial disciplines out there. Ever. Uh, which happened to be in the basement, in this windowless basement next to the boiler, which we were like, yeah, sick. That's where you belong. Yeah, I hope you're sweating a lot, you little tiny nerd. Um, so, yeah, then you learn that he has dad issues, and by dad issues, me mean grandpa issues. Grandpa like issues. father figure issues. Yes. Uh, because he like is like, okay, Grandpa, I'm going to go do the thing and get the money. It's going to be awesome. And then he opens up this like little. It looks like one of those little like wall shrines that you see sometimes outside of churches that have like little statues yes, of the yeah. Virgin Mary in them. But he opens up these tiny little doors, and inside, in front of all these burning candles, is his grandfather's pith helmet. Mm-hmm. He's made a pith helmet shrine, and you know from that second onwards this movie is going to be utterly terrible right pith helmets like are the symbol of colonialism and what i liked about it is that it didn't quite fit him yet Uh, but it's going to it's going to (laughs) his head is going to get so much bigger yeah and and that pith helmet by gum by gosh is going to fit his big colonial head (laughs) (laughs) i like the pneumatic tubes well, oh yeah. So he gets his, this message, you know, deliberately late that says that uh, his 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 presentation time has been changed and he's missed it and therefore, you know, he doesn't get the funding. Yeah. And there are the, all these like evil academics, one of whom is voiced by the same guy that voices the evil like conquistador sort of guy in Pocahontas, mm-hmm. which was like kind of poetic genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of these evil academics reject his proposal. And so then he goes home, like, utterly defeated. Well, they, they run away from him. And I'm like, why yeah. doesn't he just use his hoverboard? And then I'm like, right, right. it's not yeah, that it's, movie. Yeah, wrong one, wrong one. No flux capacitor. No, not even get one. But maybe, like, a steampunk exactly. flux capacitor. This movie is extremely steampunk. For True, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you also forget where he balances on the hood of the car and resigns. Yeah. Like, if, I, well, I just thought that was so boring. I was like, fine, resign. Nobody cares. <laughs> like, they're running away from you. They don't care about your work, man. Is this, like, I, I feel like this is, I feel like if we were more, uh, you know, into the academic lifestyle that we could talk at, at, at length about how this is a metaphor for life in, in academia. academia. Yeah. And yet I don't The rat care. race. No, not even a little bit. Not even And the guy actually mode. tells him to go jump into the Potomac. Yeah. I, but, Potomac. Oh, yeah. Pretty harsh. Potomac. <clears throat> yeah. Potomac. For some reason, I kept thinking they were in England, which I think maybe is the, the clothes, but no, they're actually in Washington. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where people apparently... 
you know, do this kind of thing uh, in our steampunk. Yes. Even though steampunk never takes place in America, basically. Yeah. Uh, okay, so anyway, so then he goes back to his apartment where he finds an evil mega babe. Right. In that outfit, which, like, it slit all the way out basically to her waist. She looks like a, a totally amazing Bond girl, but it's 1914 Washington. Yeah. Where I'm pretty sure everybody was still wearing, like, monstrous amounts of petticoats except for like the occasional suffragette who was wearing very scandalous bloomers while she rode her bicycle yes but anyway she's a mega babe and i I can't even imagine what you would think if you stumbled upon this mega babe in your apartment in 1914 if you were this guy like particular especially the first woman he's seen in like i don't know like he's probably never even seen a woman's wrist before (laughs) (laughs) you know um, so she takes him to this Whitmore estate where he finds this old guy doing yoga. Um, like really racist yeah, yoga. Yeah, really like, yeah, just ridiculous. Um, so we can tell that this is a man who have, of esoteric delights and, and interests. Yes. He's cracking all of his toes in one another. Yeah. And he's a, he's a big fan of, uh, of Michael J. Fox's grandfather. Um, and then he, this weird unnecessary part where he does a headstand in a robe and he's naked underneath and like his junk is basically in Michael J. Fox's face. Yeah. And I don't really get why Disney went there. I don't. I, Do I don't we really either. need old man junk in Michael, Michael J. Fox's face? I don't think so. Is that is that a thing that needs to happen? That's what you get. <laughs> Maybe it's a symbol of uh, what's what's about to go down in Atlantis. <laughs> upside down oh. junk. <laughs> upside down old man junk. Just... Metaphorical. <laughs> man, innuendos on innuendos. Exactly. Plans within plans. <laughs> 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 anyway, so he drags him here uh, and eccentric old man's at him for a while. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally they get down to kind of like the, the meat of the meeting. The which, brass tax, as it were. As it were. Uh, the brass steampunk tax. Uh, and there's a package on the table for him from his grandfather. And when he opens it up, it's the very same shepherd's journal that he was going to go to Iceland to get. But his grandfather beat him by like 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. And never told him. Never, nope. never, never told him at all. And that's it. Like, do you ever learn how the grandfather dies? Nope. It's, so, it's, yeah. Okay, so this, Maybe okay. Maybe extreme old age, I don't know. I mean, the, but, oh, okay, so here's the mystery. Because Whitmore's around because he still does yoga. True. Oh. Yeah. True, his eccentricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thaddeus, Thaddeus Thatch, the grandfather, was too normal. Mm-hmm. Too normal an old yeah. man. But here's, okay, here's my question then. This mystery around this... This Whitmore guy is growing because we're not sure. He seems evil. He's, he's got the evil. He's, he's got the evil beard and mustache and hair style yeah. of the evil academic. So and, I was like, he's evil. Yeah, but he, and he's never proven to not be evil, nope. even though at the end it kind of seems like he might not be evil, but also that he might still be evil. Yeah. So I'm wondering, did he did he kill the grandfather? I'm going with evil. after this. I'm yeah, going with he I'm killed. He's the evil. one who yeah. killed the grandfather. That was a very suspicious. But then held on to the shepherd's journal because oh. his grandson. He knew that his grandson had like all of these father figure issues and would be would be the one to be able to read Atlantean and get this journal. Yeah, I didn't consider that, but it makes sense because there's a moment where he's standing in front of like the elephant tusk framed fireplace. He says, "I can go to my grave with a clear conscience." Mm. Right. Mm, evil. He kind of alludes to that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Totally killed, evil. He Sorry, I friend. killed you, but you know your uh, your grandson gets to do something really cool. Yeah, it's and like I'm, I'm mostly better than Disneyland. Didn't kill him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm I'm probably not going to kill him. Although he almost dies like five million times. Right. And so Whitmore has this whole team picked out for uh, Michael J. Fox. 
um, which includes a teenage Latina, uh, a black man who turns out to be a black Indian, which is really which cool. was so yeah. cool. Yeah, I was like, what? Um, and and he has this awesome steampunk ship ready for him. But Michael J. Fox is totally not creeped out by the fact that Whitmore has basically already moved him out of his apartment. Yeah, like, like can you imagine just somebody like offering you a job, like, hey, I got this job for you. It's really cool. It's something you really like. By the way, I've moved you out of your apartment. You're like, dude, did you go through my underwear? Like, but is, the is thing that is, thing is that did? he has because he's he's moved him out of his apartment. He's resigned him from his job. Yeah. He's packed his clothes and he's brought his cat. He's gone through his underwear, man. That, yeah. that old man touched his underwear. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why he was so shocked when the old man turned upside down because maybe the old man was wearing his <gasps> underwear. Man, wouldn't that oh. be awful? Like, hey, those look really familiar, but it's an awkward situation, so you don't ask. Yeah. Are you wearing my boxers? <laughs> like, you Pretty are sure. obviously very rich, but you were wearing the boxers of a poor as yeah, academic. Like that that hole. I'm pretty sure that that I'm familiar with that hole right there. But I can't say that because then it would be pretty clear. I'm staring at your nether junk regions. Right. So I'm going to avert my eyes, pretend that I didn't see you wearing my boxers, and this is just going to get as awkward as shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, you have to take the job. He probably didn't even want the job at that point. He was probably just like, I'm so glad I have this token of my grandfather's wonderful career, and I'm ready to retire. I'll go get funding. He was all prepared, but he's like, no, 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 I got it all set up for you. And you're like, all right, creepy guy. It's like an offer you can't refuse from the goat father. (laughs) There you go. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's like staring at us. There you go. It's almost... (laughs) It's almost too real at this point. Yeah, it's creepy. Oh, God. So, yeah, the Ultimate Atlantis book, he now has it in his hands, and he goes and he sees the big, giant steampunk submarine, uh, and he starts meeting people. Uh, the engineer, who is one of the very few people that we liked in this movie, is Audrey Ramirez. Uh, there's Cookie, who's the cook, who is my personal oh, fave. I, I like him, because his, his, his opinion of the four food groups are that they are beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. And we're like, yeah. Chelsea and I were just like, high five. All right. Same. All right. <laughs> Those are my four food groups as well. Yeah. The Mega Babe like passes him like a cabbage or something. And he was like, what is this? Yeah. And I was like, same. Like, what <laughs> is that? Like, we're going on a steampunk expedition to flip an Atlantis. Like, I'm all in on the beans and whiskey. Like, leave the lettuce behind. Yeah. And we decided that the, the babe is very, like, Charlize Theron in Prometheus. But also, she's got, like, we decided or that Aeon the looks of She's got the Aeon Flux. Yeah, yeah. The, just the drawing, like, the, the sharp lips, the, the, the weird nose. The and, like, epic eyebrows. Yeah, the epic eyebrows. So, yeah, that was interesting. I kept waiting for a fly to land on her eyeball. <laughs> we got the weird French guy who was, like, filthy. Like, filthy, filthy. Like, like I'm talking, like, colonialist filthy. Like, smelling bad with the flies and everything. Yeah. And I don't know, like, would French people find that offensive? I think French people would find that offensive. I, well, okay, so I Probably. thought he was supposed to be that Geiger guy who did all of the, like, design and stuff for the Alien he's movies. Geiger, yeah. uh, but he's German. But he, like, is very creepy looking and has that very creepy sort of, like, yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Uh, but it's, like, this guy's French and whatever. And then you also have the same, there's also a French explosives expert. Is he French? Is that guy French? He's got a, he had a weird accent. Maybe, well, he, I guess he could have been maybe Italian. I thought yeah. he was French. I don't know. I think he was, like, I don't know, possibly another ethnicity. He yeah. had a weird accent. I couldn't really pick up on it. Yeah, a lot of these folks talk really, really fast, which I think is because Joss Whedon is involved in the production of this movie. So they also talk Wait, very what? fast and they're all mean. Really? Yeah. You you walked out while the credits were playing, but yeah, Joss Whedon was involved in this movie. What? I think he's a story guy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Which it all we kind can't of like, escape Joss Whedon. We, no, we literally <laughs> cannot. It's like he has his hand in every single right. offensive pie yeah. that there is. Yeah. Every time there's a mediocre white guy... 
yeah. with some snappy like dialogue. And John some Sweden is there. Fake, disgusting feminism. Right, right. Just pops out of like. Yeah. And some ironic racism. Yeah. Don't forget the ironic oh, racism. Oh, no, Des- definitely. The Joss Whedon racism. is the king of ironic racism. Anyway. Uh, so then you also meet Joshua Sweet, who is the doctor, who's a black Indian, who we totally loved, and yeah. is like, I was hoping he was never going to put a shirt on, because he's this huge dude who's super built, and he's like Wait, the doctor. Were you just like crushing on a, on a cartoon? I wasn't crushing on him, I just thought it was hilarious that oh, okay. he throws on his doctor's coat over, over his, like, his massive muscles, okay. and is there being like, check out my bone saw, it can saw through a bone in 28 seconds, but I bet I can bust that in half. He <laughs> <laughs> was pretty great. Yeah, he was really good. So you meet this whole crew, and I just wrote intrepid in huge letters, because I was like, wow, what an intrepid bunch of intrepid explorers going <laughs> down in their submersible. So yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, they're they're in these ships. They're underwater. They're going to where you know uh, Marty McFly is leading them, and they're <laughs> I'm so glad we're referring to him as Marty McFly. Yeah, and then they see all of these like ships from every era that have been like disposed and killed on the ocean floor. Yeah, just just as they're like talking about how they have to pass the Leviathan, he's reading the Shepherd's Journal that the Leviathan is the creature guarding Atlantis, and it's destroyed all these ships, and it's referred to in the Book of Job. Yeah, like what we like. Oh, you love that. What we find in this movie, I did love it. Uh, but what did. we find I saw in this a little movie, twinkle in your eye. I once wrote a paper. Anyway, I'm not gonna talk about that. Um, but what we find in this whole movie is that they always have to be referring back to these like Western canonical mm-hmm. figures, whether it's the Book of Job or it's Plato or it's something else. You know, these this can't just exist in kind of like its own sui generis like area. No, no, no be, it always yeah. has to come from these like actual like sources of authority. Like they they do make like this one reference to the fact that like cultures from all over the world have references to Atlantis and like cultures all over the world know that this exists, but they totally ignore that because like Plato and the Book of Job said said that it's a thing. Yeah. You know, they don't bother looking for any other evidence besides these like very specific western references. Mm. So, the Leviathan, this creature guarding Atlantis, Going through this huge ship graveyard, and they're like, don't worry, the Leviathan's just, like, a symbol. It's, like, it's probably a piece of art, or a mural, or a statue, and we're gonna find it. It's gonna be totally fine. And then, obviously, it comes out of nowhere! And it's huge! And it turns out, Chimney Christmas, it's a machine! Yeah, it's, like, this huge, giant, underwater scorpion crab thing. It was pretty cool. I thought it was a shrimp. Oh, maybe it's a shrimp. Like a giant shrimp. One of those... A giant mech shrimp. But it had, like... <laughs> did huge, did shrimp have, like, claws? I thought they were just Maybe like weird little shrimp tails. Do. No, this had claws, man. Oh, I guess it grabbed it him. Yeah. And it was like peering at them. Yeah, it probably didn't taste very good. No. Uh, wouldn't be good on sushi, probably. Mm. Uh, it, but it's a machine! And so the sub sends out these massive attack pods, like all over the yeah. ship, like these little attack pods, like bust off to go attack it. Because there's like 200 plus people on this mission. Yeah. Right? So they're shooting these people all, all over the place. They're shooting torpedoes, but there's lasers. Yeah, it's just a long battle scene. Yeah, and at this point, was I the only one who was like, Dang, this seems to be a very militaristic operation. Oh, yeah. No, totally. This seems to be an extremely top-of-the-line steampunk military <laughs> sort of endeavor. Yeah. Like, I, like if I but was, like... not exploration. I'm going to go explore this thing. I wouldn't be, like... I need to make sure my steampunk submarine has, like, torpedoes. 25 little skate pods with the highest tech armory and weaponry and just ready for anything sort of biz but whatever that's just me apparently they kind of sort of needed it uh because this huge machine leviathan also has a big giant laser Mm -hmm. that just owns right so fully owns most of them get destroyed uh the rest of them are basically escaping and there's this whole long travel montage right so they had to they had to break through this like trap thing 
you know, and, 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 and come up into open air. And now they're traveling through like this, this sort of like highway to Atlantis. And they have to do things like lower vehicles down into like these passages. They pass through all these columns, these amazing huge things. Um, these weird giant beasts show up and then disappear. And that, that goes on for a little while, like yeah. a little longer than necessary. Really. And it happens, but they do they do take a moment before they start traveling down this road to Atlantis uh, where they like light a candle and they like, you know, are like, dang, we're, dead. we're yeah. so sad that all these generic people who didn't have names died. Oh, well, moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of death in this movie. Yeah, a lot of a people die. Lot. Yeah, surprising amount. Well, I mean, for you know, if you, when you encounter indigenous people, people gonna die. People gonna die. We already know that. Yeah. So why um, is this gonna happen? There's a bunch of exposition at this point during the travels where we see mm-hmm. that you know uh, Marty McFly is a bit of an outsider because he's you know an academic, and these are people of action, um, you know. And and for example, there's a he comes across this huge column and he's like, whoa, it's 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 such a marvelous thing. It must have taken like thousands of years to carve, and then they they just like blow it up and like drive yeah. over it. Look, I made a bridge, and it only took me ten seconds. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Progress. Humorous. Yep. But eventually they they bond. They they invite him over to their little campfire. Yeah. Kind of out of pity though. They're like, man, look at that totally poor pathetic dude. Yeah, he sure sucks, right? And they're like, okay, let's take, let's give him a break. Like let's let's invite him over to eat his like beans and lard with us. And none of them like the beans and lard. I know they kept dissing the food. I'm like, wait, four food groups here: <laughs> beans, whiskey, lard, lard and, bacon. and bacon. You can't go wrong. That's like my numbers one to four favorite foods. There you go. <laughs> I, I I would be eating all of that. And I include whiskey as a food. <laughs> and there's that old woman that she was like the, the operator oh, in yeah. the steampunk thing. And she's totally unflappable. She's just like smoking all the time. And she's just like the same expression all the time. She's like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, yeah, call me Mabel. No, I'll call you back. Don't worry. My ship's just exploding. See yeah. you later. Bye. I loved her. She was my favorite character. She was great. Yeah. She's she was the unflappable, whatever her name was. Yeah. She just did not give a... No. F. No. A fudge. Not even one fudge was given by no, that woman. Not she one was fudge. Awesome. I save most. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Marty McFly is talking to his, his newfound friends and he's like, so, you know, are you here for discovery, teamwork, and adventure or are you just here for money? Right? Because he's like trying to, he's, 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 he's offering up this dichotomy that, you know, you're a noble adventurer. If you're in, in, in it for discovery, teamwork, and adventure, right? And, and money is like crass and, and all that sort of thing. But like, okay, discovery, right? Like, that's such a white thing. I gotta go discover this stuff. I gotta go find it. And the teamwork, like really, like let's let's colonize together and adventure. Yeah. What is adventure really? But like go in places you were not invited and just stirring up shit and be like, wow, this is so much fun. How adventurous! Yeah, like, like unless you're going to a theme park, <laughs> yeah, like probably you're being a screw up. So he's like, are you going for like this colonial reason or this other colonial reason? And they're all like, it's the money reason. Yeah, we're all in it for the cash, cold hard cash. And he's like, oh, I guess I'm just too idealistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so sympathetic. Uh, and it's very boring. Um, we get backstories. We get some backstories. Cares. The only ones that we care about were Joshua Sweet, who you learn is like okay. half Arapaho. Yeah. Uh, and he's like talking about how he was like in medical school, which is like kind of badass. He must yeah. have been an incredible in doctor. Black guy, half, half, like he's half black, half, half native. He's, yeah, medical school. He's in medical school, then he gets drafted for the war. Yeah. But he, like, can you imagine being, like, a half-black, half-native man trying to get into medical school at that period? Oh, my gosh. Like, forget it. Like, he must be the best doctor on earth and also just (laughs) incredibly, you know, just resilient and amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, he had me at that. He should have been the main character. He so should have been the main character. Mediocre white guy. 
is the main character for for no reason. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah. Anyway. So then we hear about uh, Marty McFly's grandfather a little bit. It's very boring. Um, oh, and then the natives come out, right? These phosphorescent creatures with these big masks. Yeah, start, they start scavenging around. Like, ooh, like, what are they going to take? What are they doing? Yeah. Like, are they going to be violent? Indians. Yeah. And then... Uh, I like the fireflies. I like the fireflies, too. Like, they run away, um, I think because Marty McFly wakes up or something. Right. And they're like, oh, a sound. And then they run away. And he comes up, uh, and he shines his flashlight accidentally onto this huge glowing globe that's kind of above them, where they decided to camp under. And a bunch of these little insects come out of this glowing globe. Uh, and they're fireflies, and they're really beautiful, and he's like, wow, this is great. And then they start lighting everything on fire. I love that. They totally that set amazing. everything on fire. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I was like, Nature, though, right? Treacherous. Right? Exactly. So scary. Yeah. Needs to be subdued. So then, but everything just immediately goes up. Yeah, that was nice. Like, they're, like, crappy, like, turn-of-the-century tents and shit just are, like, Pfft. And he, he gets injured somehow, and one of the natives comes out in, in the mask still and heals him with a crystal. Right, right, because there's this whole thing where they have to drive across this, like, thin bridge. Yeah. And then they're, like, all these trucks full of gasoline and stuff are exploding, so then the bridge collapses, they all More fall down. More death. Lots of death. So they much death. death yeah. Wow. <clears throat> uh, everybody falls into this blackness. Uh, and then, yeah, it's like Marty McFly's captured by the natives. Somehow he's managed to fall down this huge, vast pit of death with and just, like, die. one little cut yeah. on his pec muscle. Uh, <laughs> the lack thereof. Yeah, and yeah. then this, like, a hot native lady comes and, like, heals it with her hand pressed all over him, and he's like, wow. And then they all pole vault away. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. That was sweet. Yeah. Like, that was that was incredible. It was, like, parkour, but before parkour became a thing, because it was 2001. Yeah. 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 And then they break through, they kind of dig through this wall. And there they are. There's a great waterfall. Atlantis is sort of like kind of floating there. And there they are. They're at Atlantis yeah. and they're confronted by the natives. It's pristine. It's beautiful. Emphasis on pristine. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on beauty. Right. Uh, emphasis on untouched. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like paradise. Unspoiled, unchanged. For endless, countless centuries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. And then the Indians attack. Yep. Yeah. And they've got their scary masks on. And they're like, but of course, linguist guy was like, wait, I can what you're saying. And he starts like kind of trying some words out on them. And he, then he tries speaking a bunch of different languages. He's and they know Latin and French and, and they know every language, every language, every just like language. the Tower of, ba- of Babel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, basically, they take Chomsky's concept of the universal grammar and they pretend that it actually is a thing that exists. Right. Which it's not. And this is where all the linguists watching this film literally throw themselves out of building. Yeah. In despair. Yeah. Because they're like, what am I even here for? I, I don't even need this anymore. <laughs> right. If there is a root language that we can all just like tap into, then if we're from Atlantis, my whole life has been a lie. Yeah. Yeah. So now that they realize that they know every language Including and thus English. can be yes, and then thus can be trusted, uh, the indigenous people welcome them into Atlantis. There's a quick scene of like some pterodactyls. Uh but those mm. never come up again. No, and then there's we get a hint of the evil plot, which is uh I don't know, Super Babe is like, There are not supposed to be people down here, this changes everything. And the guy who plays like the he he's like the, the main military guy. The commander. Right, is the voice of the original Maverick from the original T V series, and so I'm just gonna call him Maverick from now on. So Maverick is yeah. like, This changes nothing. And you're yeah. like, Whoa, evil. 
Yeah, this is an evil military guy who's on the evil military guy level of the evil military guy in, in Avatar. Avatar, right? Just totally like, reminding me of him. Doesn't need any sort of motivation beyond being an evil military guy. Yeah, like, he's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I do and I'm gonna do it well and I'm gonna like I'm evil. I'm in the military. That's, that's it. This is how you rise to the rank of general. There which I'm go. not saying that's not true because it probably is, yeah. but like it's it's kind of like laughably simple. Yeah. But it's fine because he's evil military guy. Uh, so, yeah, so it changes nothing that there are people down here. Then, uh, they're immediately, of course, brought to the king. The king of the Atlanteans. Who is Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy. Oh, yeah. Leonard Flippin' Nimoy. And Chelsea I can't believe and I were, like, it took us for so long. Yeah, we were, like, racking our brains. And Jake was like, I've, I know who this is. I knew it instantly. And we were like, Jake, who is it? Who is it? And tell he didn't us. tell us. And he didn't tell us. And then it was Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. You guys haven't watched the Star Trek reboot Enough times. I guess. Because it's the same Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Oh, like voice. the old Leonard yeah. Nimoy. The old Leonard yeah. Nimoy. Yeah. Oh, he's got such a... He had such a great voice. He did. Like, that voice he could have been just, anyone. Oh. He could have no. been anyone. So good. But like, yeah, the, the, just commands respect and love. So, so when he is talking... <laughs> Whatever, I love Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> obviously. So when he's talking in his language, there's like Japanese characters... And is that just No, like, no, that was just the subtitles on the torrent that we very legally downloaded. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's really nice. Yeah, okay, it was. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's why it was yeah, oh, I vertical thought it was on like, the side. Oh, I thought it was like part of the... Oh, I see. Yeah. No, I think it was I think it was only there. Um, Piracy supports terrorism, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a TV. We bought that you on wouldn't, Blu-ray. You wouldn't steal a... What, what did you, you remember uh, that old yeah, commercial? Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't steal a CD. <laughs> So don't Wouldn't steal I? music. Yeah. Down with Napster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Napster. All right. Um, so, okay. Anyway, they, they uh, cajole and beg and plead and all of this stuff. Maverick asks to stay one more night. Oh. And, uh, and yeah, so they get to stay one night. So Marty McFly is talking to uh, the princess, uh, who is the, the one that healed him. And uh, she's like, our way of life is dying. Oh, my God. And this is, Molly and I were just, like, sighing. Like, really? Our way of life is dying. So that's where it's going, right? The inevitable decline of the indigenous culture, which absolutely requires the fresh breath of air that is a skinny, useless, mediocre white guy. Yeah. There's no way we could have made it without those people. Nope, nope. And no although I do, I do like what she says to him, she says, you're a scholar, no? Judging by your diminished physique and large forehead, you're suited for nothing else. <laughs> Which, you know, burn, burn. <laughs> but he's, he just kind of like takes it. He's yeah. like, okay, that's fair. And yeah. we're like, yeah, take it. It is fair. Um, yeah, so that's, that's her whole thing. Her name is Kida. Uh, and that's her whole deal, is that our way of life is dying, our culture is over, we need to learn new stuff. Um... Actually, her name is Kirakash. Kirakakash. But, you know. Yeah, then he goes, your name is Kikabla. Yeah. Shut up, Like, he's supposed to be a linguist. I know. Like, he should be able to pick that up. But no. No, it's why would you useless. No, and why would you even bother to say an indigenous person's name when you can just be like, you know what? You look like a Margaret to me. Mm -hmm. Margaret is your name from now on. Margaret. And, oh, your, your, uh, your actual name means, you know, like... The bear stands. Okay, well, now you're going to be standing bear forever. Right. And that's going to be your last name, and so we're just going to call all your kids that, too. Yeah. And your grandkids. You're welcome. And forever. Okay, bye. You're welcome. Um, all right. So how old was she? Because he, he said... Oh, yeah. This is... Okay, I kind of like clear. this. Because in a lot of these, you get this, like, very 
young indigenous woman mm-hmm. and she looks very young and she acts mostly very young but she's 8800 years old yeah see but at least i actually find that more obnoxious because she's ancient she should have wisdom coming out of the you know the the butt but like <laughs> <laughs> the what isn't coming out of the what but the butt <laughs> but does she know she does not no. she doesn't know she doesn't know even how to read we discover yeah like she can't even read her own language um, Which is something, it, it's something that I'm especially confused by because in the opening scene when the people are, the Atlanteans are using the technology mm-hmm. that is apparently lost to them now, she's like a, a child, but then in like modern day Atlantis, or like 1914 Atlantis, she's still like a young person, and there are people obviously older than her that somehow have also forgotten how to read, yeah. and they couldn't teach her because yeah, it's yeah. like the disaster happened and shit, I forgot how to read. No, I can't read. I can't drive my cool spacey fish vehicles anymore. Yeah. I can't do anything. Our culture it is no dying. Sense. No, it's because when you're up on the surface, you're breathing the same sort of air as white people. Mm-hmm. You know, but like you're more intelligent, yeah, and industrious. Exactly. Yeah. But when and you then, go down below the surface of the ocean, farther away from white people, the further you, right. away from white people you get, the less intelligent you become. Yeah, the more you're like, man, I used to know what these little markings on paper and walls were, and now I do not. Now I just fling my own poo around. <laughs> Now I just now I just am sad about how my culture's dying, and I could ask my father, who probably knows how to read because he's the king. But nah. But nah. But nah. No. Well, he is blind. It's true. true. No blind person has ever known or learned how to read. No, it's, impo- so, it's an impossibility. Yeah. In fact, if they tried, I'm pretty sure a black hole would just <laughs> open up suck and suck everything yeah. into it. Exactly. And like that's fine because this is blind a children's... people get away from the books. Yeah. <laughs> Like this is this is the thing braille no 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 no, no braille no that's braille like, that's like the key that unlocks the black hole there you go. sucking machine yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is good because this is a children's movie and so we're imparting these important lessons right. onto our children don't be Satanists right. <laughs> <laughs> don't just don't don't ever believe that if you're disabled or indigenous you can ever do anything no uh, anyway uh, so they're there our way of life is dying they decide to ask each other questions you learn she's real old and you learn that she can't read and she can't work her cool like machine anything yeah yeah so uh luckily he's there to show her and the problem is that there are three steps to turning on these machines you insert your crystal like a key you turn it like a key and you put your hand on this like pad Mm -hmm. to ensure that it can turn on and she wasn't able to do that because she didn't know that you had to turn the key with your hand on the pad at the same time. Right. And then he's all, like, puffing himself up, like, like you know, a couple times, he, he even though he's, like, this, like, spindly, like, kind of geeky male, uh, his masculinity is still as performative as ever. And so, every you know, he's still like, well, you know, yeah, you know, puffing himself up, yeah. right? Like, yeah, just, no, 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 no. It's like, like, just, just don't, don't do that. Don't do that. He does that whole thing where he's like, they go up to the top of this building and they're looking out over Atlantis and he's just like, wow, it's so beautiful. And a little tear comes out and he's like, I just got something in my eye. I'm not crying. Yeah. Like half my notes start with, he's a douche, comma, and then like whatever's actually going on. (laughs) So anyway, so he starts crying. They're like talking. He, she's like touring him around the beautiful, untouched, unspoiled indigenous culture where they're like spearfishing. Montage. It's a montage. It's great. And then all of a sudden it cuts to all of these crates full of guns. Yeah. And some weird looking bad guys with 
They don't even like have faces. They're in masks and they have these like, yeah, like gas masks. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I love their eating utensil though. It was like I, I want I want one of these. It was like it was like a little stick with like this piece of metal that comes out in like a spiral. And it seemed to like work like like a like a fork, but like it's round and just like scoop stuff up. I like a, a, like a fork spin. Fun. Yeah, but like it's not like solid. Not a spork. It's just a wire that's in a spiral. Yeah. And I think that would be. I mean, soup obviously not, but I think it could be really fun to eat with that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just want to make sure it's not too sharp that if I accidentally flick myself in the face with it. No, it's a spiral, no. man. Round things aren't sharp. Very true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then they go back to her. She's like, our people live, but our culture's dying. She's, like, arguing with her And how? In dad. what way is their culture dying? That's the thing. I'm like, how exactly is your culture dying? No, no, because they're, they're indigenous. Right, they're, right, they're right, natives. right. And they're farther away from the white people. Yeah, the, the white people yeah. presence is, I mean, cannot reach them under the ocean. Because during the whole montage there, you know, like, people seem pretty cool. Like, there seemed to be culture there. Yeah. What does culture dying mean in this context exactly? I mean, their, their, language the is, their language is really strong. Yeah. They, they seem to be adapted to their new surroundings extremely well, considering yeah, that they're, they're living in, in basically this, like, on top of this huge magma pit right. underneath the ocean. Is it Hundreds just, of kilometers or whatever. The culture's dying, though. It's dying. Yeah, but... It's, <laughs> it's definitely dying. But, but... Look at how beautiful it is. They're doing really well. They're dying. Yeah. Okay. Is it just they're missing factories? They haven't like developed. They haven't industrialized capitalism. Yet. I don't know. Like they haven't Westphalian democracies. Like it's it's very unclear. Like they don't say anything. Like it's not like the birth rate's falling. It's not like yeah, fewer and fewer people are able to read because apparently everybody's forgotten to read. But like that doesn't they're seem not to be reverting to single them. cell organisms. No. So whatever. Anybody. But the danger is real, folks. Yeah. And then actually, I actually even even <clears throat> Leonard Nimoy denies that the culture is dying. She seems to be the, the only theme. one who has the problem. Yeah, she's the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just her. Everybody else seems totally fine and happy. Maybe but she's, she's just like bored. Mm-hmm. She's like had Maybe. sex with every single person on the island already. <laughs> and she's like... She's like, I'm 8,800 8, years yeah. old and I've got nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what it is. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, so uh, she's like, help me, white guy. Help me translate this mural because I can't read and you can. And this mural is going to tell us what to do. So they, like, dive under this water where this submerged mural is. They, like, read it. Uh, And luckily, this mural happens to contain a complete history of Atlantis, just like what Plato wrote. Just like Plato. Like, we couldn't just leave Plato behind there. We had to bring Plato back. Plato had to come to Atlantis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we find out that the power source is... You know, the bright light that she saw when she was a child. And it is the heart of Atlantis. It's sort of like a crystal. So they figured it out. They swim back up. And betrayal! Maverick is there! With the missing page from the Shepherd's Journal. Yeah. Right? And and all of the named characters. Right. With guns. Yeah. And they're like, ah! And then Kida comes up and she starts kicking some butt, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. We were like, yeah, do it. But they managed to capture her, which was kind of whatever. Yeah. And then, oh my god, best line in the whole thing Military guy refers to himself as an adventure capitalist. Yeah, I like that. That was great. <laughs> like that. that excellent. Like we need to we need to go through every like elementary school history book and, and like, like when you get to those pictures of like Champlain and yeah. like David Thompson and like adventure all those assholes. Capitalist. Yeah, just like underneath, just caption them, David Thompson, adventure capitalist. I love it. You I know, it. like like that's that's but that's such a you know, yeah. that just like breaks down all of those stereotypes. Yeah. And I think, you know, they probably didn't intend that, but it was good. It was good. It was very good. So we find out that um, the the heart of Atlantis is basically their life force. The people are connected to it. And if you remove it, they'll die. 
And uh, Maverick's like, well, knowing that, I doubled the price. And like, Mega Babe is like, I tripled the price. And they're like, haha, high five, yeah. we suck. We're so evil. Um, and <laughs> oh, then, oh yeah, there's the other singer, great line. Great singer. Yeah, there's the other great line where um, Marty McFly's like, how could you do this? Like, they're all gonna die. Like, you're a terrible person. And then Military Maverick is like, if you gave back every stolen artifact in your museum, you'd be left with an empty building. Boom! Boom. Done. Empty buildings? I would love to see that. Who's the mm. real bad guy in this situation? Right, Marty right? McFly? Yeah. You're just as Everybody bad as me. sucks. Totally. Everybody's the bad guy in this situation. Oh, man. Oh, man. Could we just do that, though? Could we just give back all the stolen artifacts? That's such an issue. Like, everybody, all these, all these countries, all these peoples have to fight so hard to, like, repatriate their items. Like, we're talking, like, we're not just talking about, like, art and stuff. We're talking about, like, literally people's bones, like, their ancestors. You have to, like, go to the museum mm-hmm. and be like, hey, my great 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 grandfather is in your storage bins in your basement. Could can you, you not? Can you not? Yeah. Could you just could could we just have him back? Yeah. Or like I wouldn't. We were in Toronto this weekend. I went to the Rom. Sitting Bull's war shirt mm. and war bonnet oh my are gosh. in the Rom. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. And they're there because he gave. He gave one and then apparently sold one, which I'm like kind of like, yeah. oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, and also gave somewhat doubt it. Uh, he apparently gave them to some Northwest Mounted Police who then like ended up donating them or something. It got passed down through family and then donated them to Rom. And I was like, wait, didn't they like imprison him? Yeah. But, and, and he gave them yeah. his stuff? I. Frick. It's like, I was, I was just like there being like, this is the creepiest moment yeah. of my life. Wow. It's, wow. it was like just such a moment of like. Like, that stuff needs to be repatriated. It needs to be repatriated, and we also need to, like... Like, we need to just, you know, like... I'm not saying that it was, it was an uncomplicated relationship, but can we stop pretending that the, the Northwest Mounted Police and the Royal Canadian Mounted mm. Police are wherever Indigenous people's friends? No, they were deliberately set up to, like, like wipe out... They're an anti-Native pil- yeah. paramilitary. Yeah, They're yeah, a yeah. literal, par- like, domestic paramilitary for Native people. Yeah, specifically, yeah. I mean, all of their other, like, you know, uh, jobs were ancillary to that. Yeah. Uh, wow. And the like, whole museum thing, too, like, it, the way it works now, too, if, if you want to get stuff back, is there's this, like, faux concern that Indigenous communities don't have the capacity to take care of these stuff, like, the, the items that they'll fall into disrepair. Right. So they force you to build a museum quality, you know, building in your community if, if you want to get it back. And as far as I know, the only people that have actually managed to do that are the James Bakery, the, the Eastern James right. Bakery, because they've built like the Anishkogamikok. So they, they've built like a, a cultural, like a building that has like the temperature control and everything, like right. state and of the, the art, special right? lighting and the yeah, like, yeah. glass and like and whatever. And so they're yeah. like, ha, give us our shit back. You know, but that's what it takes. And not everybody has the money to do that. And also that's not necessarily what needs to be done with all these objects. Exactly. Right. Like Christy Belcourt was talking about some of the stuff that she saw. Uh, in a museum recently and she's like are these things being feasted like you know like like there are all these like cultural protocols involved in in you know in in relationship with some of these items that are just not happening yeah and but but you know canadians are like well this is our value and this is how we how we have to take care of them and if you don't take care of them exactly how we say then you are not capable of of, of taking care of them yeah you, you, you don't back. you don't value them as much as we do ah! it's more important to us because we value them more because we're just going to keep it like this forever and mm. the way that we think is fit yeah Anyway, wow. museums. Wow. 
Right. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> okay. Right. So, Empty buildings. Right. Yeah. This, so they, okay. Uh, I like, uh, Maverick's like, well, as usual, diplomacy has failed us after, like, he didn't even try. Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, kicked the king Classic. down. So they, he yeah, figures punches out. Punches the old dude. Yeah. Totally just Leonard like, Nimoy. Boom. You do not punch Leonard Nimoy no. and live to see another day. Well, he didn't. He didn't. Anyway. So they, he, he sort of figures out where this, this heart is, and they go down this stone elevator uh, where the heart is is in this big cavern, and it's got all these stone masks that represent the former kings of Atlantis, sort of floating around it. Mm. It's like a like a lampshade. Yeah, uh, and Keita's like, these are the kings of our past, uh, and she she falls um, to her knees and starts praying, and the military dude's like, screw this business, like get her up, like let's do this thing, and he kicks a rock into the the bottomless pool of water that is below these masks, and it turns red, and it looks like it's gonna just start killing them yeah uh, but as Kida uh gets up and and starts walking towards it the crystal that she wears around her neck starts pulling up towards this and her eyes turn just bright glowing blue and the crystal like summons her and she starts walking across the water and then gets like beamed up into the light and gets and just absorbs it all and it's like totally psychedelic and mystical yeah. and like very cool looking as all indigenous people are yeah when you're not looking Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when I'm in the bathroom by myself, doors closed, and I know it's locked because it doesn't work if the door doesn't lock because anybody could walk in at any time. But when it's locked and I'm in the bathroom, I become this glowing transcendental be- being. Like mm. I just I, I I absorb the energies of the universe and I exist in that dimension between science and magic in that purely indigenous dimension. And I do things that I don't want to describe to you. Um, and then you know I come into the bathroom and I'm cool. You know I, I did that thing. Yeah, and it's nice too because like if you're in the bathroom at the same time another person, indigenous person is in the bathroom, then you can like you get to you chat. Just do it. Yeah, you know, like that's how we all seem to like kind of know each other. Yeah, you know, it's not because of like social media or we've met no. before or anything like that. It's because we just happen to be going to the bathroom at the same time, absorbing universal energy. Going uh, yeah, and it's like, oh yeah. hey, what's up? Like you know, how's your transcendental experience going? Oh my astral projection is great. This is awesome. I'm so glad we get to exist in this indigenous dimension together. But we do that and we say it like very like mystically yeah. and not in English. No. Um, um, but Never I can't, English. I can't uh, translate it for you uh, or anything because that's our. You're secret. not in the bathroom with us. No, and you never get to be. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no indigenous person will ever ask you to go to the bathroom with them. It's true. Mm-hmm. We can guarantee that literally right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she becomes sort of possessed. She speaks to him. Um, and yeah, and then becomes this transcendental being. Uh, Maverick is sitting there totally unimpressed through yeah. this whole thing. He's like, whatever. Jane I've seen more interesting things. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So she yeah. walks he was, like he was there. He was there. <laughs> I, no, I guess this happened later. I was gonna say he was there at um, Indiana Jones and in every Indiana Jones episode. Like he oh. was one of those evil military guys. But that happens after World War Two, and this right. happens before World War One. <laughs> He's going to be there, though. He's going to be there. There's well, one everywhere. Somebody like him will be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's walking on water, and the giant stones are crashing down. Uh, they they lock her up immediately because she's now like this power source, right? Yeah. And uh, and she doesn't seem to resist. No, nope, she, she doesn't, doesn't seem to have any. Like everybody just gets super passive at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like extremely passive. Nobody she doesn't fights. do anything. She doesn't defend herself. She doesn't even like walk away. Yeah. She just. I guess she just walks into this big tank that they lock her yeah. up in. And then all the other indigenous people, too, just are kind of, like, standing back, being like, oh, no, you're taking the literal source of our entire life and civilization. That's too bad. They were just going to sit here and watch you. Um, and the only one who cares and is outraged is Marty McFly. And he's, like, he's talking to his former compadres. He's like, you're wiping out an entire civilization. Congrats. 
And uh, Maverick's like, it's like Darwin, natural selection. And he just like punches Milo. Just like yep. boom. Punches him and just like, doesn't just just knocks him right down. Yeah. But his buds stay with him. Yeah, they're like, if you're, if you're going to take th- that like super mega crystal power Indian babe away, then you're going to have to do it with us not actively helping you, but Anymore. also not actively resisting you. Yeah. And he's like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Less, you know, I don't have to split the, the money with you now. Yeah, sweet. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so the king is lying there, dying. He's got internal bleeding. And uh, he says that in times of danger, the crystal chooses a host, one of royal blood, to protect it. Uh, the crystal is the collective emotions of all the people that have come before. It gives us power, longevity, and protection. Uh, but apparently this crystal or this power has sort of developed a, like, consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's actually, and that's never explored. It's actually no. like a being at yeah. this point. It's like alive. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. Um and like if this if this was an episode of Star Trek, they would spend like three hours yeah. discussing what that would mean. Right. I know. But this one it's like Joss Whedon wrote it, so it's like yeah, eh, well just put in the word consciousness and it'll sound cool. <laughs> yeah. It's the Tesseract. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the king had tried to use it as a it weapon. Is so and the that... Tesseract. <laughs> like totally that is bad. oh my god. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I guess well, yeah, it's that that kind of power, the, the yeah. sort of being. The Joss Whedon power. Yeah, the Joss Whedon blue gl- glowy crystal power. <laughs> oh, it is. It's always a blue glowy crystal power. God, oh I'm so mad right now. Wow. <laughs> I feel really cheated. I do too. Like, I feel just the same shit re- like just regurgitated and repeated over and it's over. Not, it's not just his like. shit up. Yeah, it's not just his like bogus quips and his like really annoying interpersonal interactions or as mediocre mm. white guys. It's also these ultimate sources of power. You're just going to recycle these ultimate sources of power. Fuck you, Joss Whedon. <sighs> All right. Uh, anyway, um, so the king is worried that the daughter, if she's possessed by this for too long, she's going to be lost forever. Hmm. Um, and the burden of saving Atlantis, of course, falls to the magical white guy. Fuck this white savior is what I have written in very large font. Yeah, it's it just gets ridiculous at this point. But luckily, uh, Leonard Nimoy, King Leonard Nimoy, gives him some very simple instructions. Uh, he says, "Return the crystal, save Atlantis, save my daughter." Then he dies. You know, and at least yeah. at least he's he's got kind of like a clear path before him because this guy is so useless that he would have probably gotten confused or distracted <laughs> otherwise. So rather than go through too much of this, let's go through just our, our personal highlights of the battle that happens. So they chase okay. after uh, Maverick, and what's your personal highlight from that? I mean, um, I, don't, I don't know if there's necessarily a personal highlight. I kind of like, I, I well, no, I don't like, but I was very shocked at the fact that it's a total bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, just people mm-hmm. dying left, right, and center everywhere. Um, I I was shocked, uh, but kind of was into the part where uh, Military Maverick tries to come at Marty McFly with an axe. Oh, yeah. Like, the battle is, like, ending. The, the balloon that they've, they've set up to, like, carry this tank full of this, like, mystical babe up to the surface uh, is, you know, it's it's falling and it's burning. And then, you know, there's no there's no way he's going to win. But he grabs an axe off the side and starts going at him with an axe. And I was like, maybe they'll both die. Yeah. Like, this will have a happy yeah. ending. Yeah. Fingers he reminded crossed. me of the, again, of the badass general in Avatar. Yeah. Because, like, that guy just, gonna like. going to fight to pass the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't exactly the same level of jumping out of uh, an exploding aircraft in a machine exoskeleton uh, but it was, yeah, it was, that was yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah, nothing could beat that. No, Although that that's also like 2013 or whatever yeah. graphics. Yeah. Right, right. What about you, Jake? What was your highlight of this battle scene? Um, I really liked when, uh, the, 
the container containing Kina falls to the ground, and then Marty picks up the shard of glass, mm. slices the commandant, or whatever his name is, Maverick, and then Maverick turns into, you An know... evil crystal death monster? Right. Yeah. 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 And then dies, I guess? That was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, what was your highlight? I loved it when he tosses his female henchman over the side of the, the balloon. Yeah. Uh, after she says, uh, and she's like, you promised me a percentage. And he's like, next time, get it in writing. <laughs> uh, she survives the fall, rolls Which over. Which was a, somehow yeah, so like, unbelievable yeah. and so great. Rolls over, shoots like a flare gun into the balloon, and that's why it was burning. Yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah, I kind of like that part too. He tries to throw her off, yeah. but then she like, she holds onto the edge and she climbs back up and like they fight again and then he throws her off, but she yeah. still survives. I bet she survived the burnings up and falling Probably. down too. Probably. She's still wandering around. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um... They get her out of her cage. Yeah, they get her out of there, um, but it's too late because they've been standing on this kind of volcano caldera that's kind of, like, on the verge of exploding at any point, and the, the force that the burning zeppelin hits it with starts the process, and the volcano is going to erupt. Um, so they manage to make it back to Atlantis, and Kida, as, like, mega, mega crystal super babe, uh, lights up Atlantis. Like Tron. Like Tron. Yeah. Like oh, so yeah, Tron. Tron. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's probably the point where, like, somebody involved in the making of the new rehash of Tron was like, man, we really need to remake Tron. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it was Did Joss Whedon have a hand in Tron? I, I would be not surprised. be surprised. I bet it's there's six degrees of Joss Whedon in Tron yeah. somewhere. Um, Wait, it's also so, Disney. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad again. Oh I hate this movie. We, we don't get to keep anything. Yeah, basically <laughs> they win. Like, Kida like, looks... Everything is Joss Whedon. You can't like anything anymore. So, uh, Kida yeah. lights up stuff with her native powers and saves it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, there's these huge machine warrior Okichitas who, like, make a shield, lava flows over it, hardens instantly, cracks into runes, crumbles. She drifts down, hugs him. That's it. They They go back... Uh, all his buddies go back on the narwhal ship loaded with gold. Wait, don't just say the narwhal ship like it's just any old narwhal. It is a ship <clears> in <throat> the shape of a narwhal. I have I have here Molly freaks out over narwhal boat. It was pretty great. It was cool. It okay, was it was a narwhal. <laughs> They're the unicorns of the sea. That's true. Oh, and then the, the cook gives oh, yeah. Barney McFly all the bacon grease from the trip. And he's like grossed out by it. Yeah, bacon grease. It's like a tankard of bacon grease. It's like at least a liter to four liters of bacon, bacon grease. You know Just how many bacon grease. I could fry in that? Like, uh, endless. Everything you ever ate would taste so much like oh, bacon. Yeah. It would be yeah. so good. But anyway, Marty McFly does not seem to appreciate it because he is a loser. Mm. Uh, and then, I don't know, they end. Like, Marty McFly is like super native now and stuff. Yeah, he's uh, like the. Yeah. yeah, he's got a blue tattoo. He's the Queen's consort. Yeah. And he's teaching them all how to read. Yeah, all how to do, you know, how to access their culture again. <laughs> and now their culture apparently isn't dying anymore. Thank yeah. you. Isn't that like the dream of every linguist, though? Let's talk about that a little bit. Like, they don't Whoa. really talk about language revitalization here. But, like, literally every linguist who studies indigenous languages sort of, like, wants, wants to, to be, be that, that guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, so much. Like, I'm also every anthropologist. Every yeah. anthropologist who wants to yeah. be that guy. Yeah. And then, like, like, when Native people are like, no, it's okay. They get so offended. They're like, but... I've devoted my life to you. And then we're like, yeah, but we didn't ask you to. Yeah. Like, I, I really, I don't care how much you mispronounce my words. Like, yeah. 
And then, and then they're like, but I speak your language better than you do. I've read, you know, like primary texts and I know like how your culture really I've was. read so many primary texts. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you how to be more authentic. Yeah. And then and, you're like, we were oral based. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. And then, and then they write a blog about like how reverse racist you are. <laughs> Not that we're referring to anybody in particular. No, it's fine. <laughs> no Munia linguists there. All right. Um, okay. So then, last scene is Whitmore, and Molly's oh, like, God. "Yeah, he, is he the knowing financier of a genocide mission, or not? Like, it's un, it's unclear. It's, so they never they never answer it. Yeah. Like all so all of the named characters except for Marty McFly are sitting in front of him, kind of, like, and they're like covering up the fact that they found Atlantis. Yeah. You know, like, like we didn't find anything. Yeah. And they're yeah. rehearsing their story. Yeah, like, we're going to say that all we found was a few fishes, and, like, there was nothing there, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, then you have Whitmore as this, like, super benevolent, you know, old guy sitting there being like, ah, yes, this is going to be great. Uh, and he's left a gift by Marty McFly, and it's one of these crystals, and he's like, everything turned out as it should. And just, it's like, so you hired all of these, like, military mercenaries, and did you know that this was their plan? Yeah, I don't, I just because don't buy it. I don't buy it either. No. Like, his whole he outfit for sure was killed. super militaristic. Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, like you don't go in with that many weapons expecting not to use them. Yeah. Right? Like I think the only I think he just figures it's too dangerous to go back maybe or he's going to launch another mission, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't I don't buy. He probably just like had fodder. He totally has a copy of the Shepherd's journal somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Just, like, he didn't just hand it over. Yeah. No, yeah. this see that's the thing. He's the evil genius behind this entire thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like Atlantis 2, Atlantis 2 is going to be like Yo, I think there is an Atlantis 2. I think so. Holy crap. I don't. I cannot even imagine. No, we're just not. We're gonna pretend there isn't. Yeah, let's. Yeah. All right. I can hear the baby crying. So okay, let's get. Right, yeah, let's go through this. Okay. So what do what are we rating it out of again? Was it narwhal ships? Narwhal ships. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The best thing. Okay. So one narwhal ship out of five is it was terrible. You never recommend it to anyone. It totally sucked uh, in every way. Five out of five narwhal ships is it was amazing. Not quite show it to your grandma amazing, but like pretty dang good and you recommend it to everybody. Okay. I'm going to go first so I can like dip out. And uh, okay. So, uh, oh man, man, oh man. Because I always want to compare it to other things I've seen, but I'm going to give this like a two narwhal ships. Uh, because, I don't know, it had a black Indian. That was cool. That's something we haven't seen before. That's like one whole point there. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the character of the old woman, even though she didn't really do anything, but I just love the fact that she like, she just didn't do anything. She didn't care. And she was smoking all the time. I liked her. Um, and the rest of it was all crap. It was just all crap. And, uh, and, and I want to live in a world that is post Josh Whedon. Mm. I I do. I want to live in that world. Yeah. And we're not there yet. I wonder how old he is. Maybe we'll just all live him. Yeah, but you know that he has access to some sort of like power. That's true. Glowy that's true, blue yeah. power, and he's gonna that's live forever. And that's, that's it. That's probably we're doomed. Yeah. We're doomed. That's so. it's it's right what you know, right? So he has that glowy blue power. Jake. Um, I, I would have to compare Atlantis to every other like racist Disney movie okay. that exists, and you know it's one of the most disorganized and least engaging. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because it's so so racist. So I think I'll just give it the one, Mm-mm. only for Joshua Sweet. He's the yeah. only redeeming quality of the movie. Yeah. Like maybe 1.25. One point, okay. Only because also Michael J. Fox is this voice. What, uh, what is what is this thing with Michael J? I seem to be the only person who like is outside of this Michael J. I mean, Fox uh, glowing light of love for Michael J. Like Fox. Like Back to the Future is still an incredible movie. I remember not actually liking it that We're much. We're going to rewatch it. Okay. 
Uh, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go kind of between you and Chelsea. I'm gonna give it a 1.5 uh, narwhal ships out of five. Uh, and basically, it's, there's honestly not a lot to say about this movie. Mm-hmm. It just like it generally sucks. Uh, it's boring. The the I guess like the you know the beginning part, the setup takes like way too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's extremely predictable, and it's got this like we didn't really talk about it, but like the native like there's one native woman in it who seems to exist uh, in this whole culture, um, and she is like super sexualized Indian princess who just is like begging this white guy to like save her people it's it's almost like they took pocahontas and then made the pocahontas that like the most conservative person in disney wanted to make instead uh and it just it generally sets but yeah joshua joshua sweet um the black native was amazing and it should have been about him and it just it could have been so much better Mm -hmm. uh so 1.5 it totally sucked okay great Good, glad we figured that out. Glad we had to waste like two hours of our time uh, watching that shit to figure that out. Per, um, per my suggestion. Yeah, thanks, Jake. That was awesome. Um, so, so for everybody else uh, listening to this, thanks again for tuning into Odapemsu Squawak Kitsukisukuk Metis in space! 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 Space!